Open your Bibles, would you, to John 18. Starting in verse 33. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I would not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause have I come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. Pilate just asked one of, if not the most significant question anyone could ask. What is truth? In this moment of the Gospel of John, Jesus makes a profound statement. In verse 37, You say rightly that I am a king, for this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Jesus told Pilate the reason for his coming into this world is because he is a king. Jesus also states other reasons for his coming elsewhere. One, to serve and give his life as a ransom for many, found in Mark 10, verse 45. To save sinners, 1 Timothy 1, verse 15. And to destroy the works of the devil, 1 John chapter 3, and verse 8. And just as important as all the other reasons for his coming is, for him to bear witness to the truth. And I think a lot of people today in this world are lost because they do not know or they are unsure of the truth. I've heard many times, nobody knows the truth. There is no absolute truth. And when I've responded with, well, the Bible is true, or Jesus is true, their response is, well, your truth is different than my truth. And I can't help but to object to these sayings. The Bible has a lot to say about what is truth. So, what is truth? The modern definition is the body of real things, events, and facts. Now the word translated as truth in the Greek is aletheia. It is used in scripture when referring to what is true in any, mat- in any matter, what is true in things pertaining to God and the duties of man, and the truth as it is taught in the Christian religion, respecting God and the execution of his purposes through Christ. Just because a person believes very strongly in something does not make it true. Our belief in Christ is backed up by very real historical facts and events written about Jesus' life, found not only in the four Gospels, but also found in the writings of other first century historians, namely Josephus and Tacitus. Jesus told Pilate, he came into the world to bear witness to the truth. So let's consider his witness. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the most important event 
in all of history. The New Testament writers of the four Gospels record this event as both direct and indirect eyewitness accounts. The Gospel of Matthew was written by the Apostle Matthew. The Gospel of Mark by John Mark. The Gospel of Luke, written by Luke the physician. And the Gospel of John, written by the Apostle John. The second century writings of Papias and Irenaeus confirm these are the authors of the Gospels. And we also have the writings of Paul, another witness to the resurrected Christ. With all of these New Testament writings come copies of said writings, totaling over 5,800 in the Greek language and over 18,000 copies in other languages. This is the greatest number of manuscript copies of any ancient writing ever. Now, one could argue that these men were followers of Jesus. They believed in Jesus. They were persecuted for Jesus' sake. So, of course, they are going to write of his life, death, and resurrection favorably. They're biased. But what about the men who did not follow Jesus, but still wrote him into the archives of the first century? Flavius Josephus, a Jewish historian who lived from the year 37 A.D. to 100 A.D., his work, The Antiquities of the Jews, is well known among scholars. In this work, Josephus records the stoning of James, the brother of Jesus. And I quote, now, And now Caesar, upon hearing the death of Festus, sent Albinus into Judea as procurator. But the king deprived Joseph of the high priesthood and bestowed the succession to the dignity on the son of Annas, who was also himself called Annas. Festivus was now dead, and Albinus was but upon the road. So he assembled the Sanhedrin of judges and brought before them the brother of Jesus, who was called Christ, whose name was James, and some others. And when he had formed an accusation against them as breakers of the law, he delivered them to be stoned. Antiquities of the Jews, Book 20, Chapter 9. Josephus mentions the death of Festivus, who we read about in the book of Acts. And history records him as the fifth procurator of Judea and the successor of Felix. Acts chapter 24 and verse 27. But after two years, Porcius Festivus succeeded Felix, and Felix, wanting to do the Jews a favor, left Paul bound. He also mentions the brother of Jesus who was called Christ, whose name was James. We could read about this about James in Matthew chapter thirteen fifty five when they say of Jesus, Is this not the carpenter's son? Is his mother not called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Josephus also writes about Jesus being crucified by Pilate. And I quote, About this time lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man, for he was the achiever of extraordinary deeds and was a teacher of those who accept the truth gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was the Messiah. When he was indicted by the principal men among us and Pilate condemned him to be crucified, those who had come to love him originally did not cease to do so. For he, he appeared to them on the third day, restored to life, as the divine prophets have foretold these and countless other marvelous things about him. And the tribe of the Christians, so named after him, has not disappeared to this day. 
Antiquity of the Jews, Book 18, Chapter 3. Now there is some debate on this passage, whether it's 100% authentic or if it has some Christian interpolations or that's also known as Christian copyists would insert phrases to support Jesus. One of these would be when Josephus outright claims him to be the Messiah when in other parts of his work he mentions him as one who is called Messiah. If we take away what is known as the Christian interpolations, we are left with the fact of Jesus being a teacher with a long-lasting following and him being crucified by Pilate and the Jewish leaders. This is a significant witness from history outside of the New Testament Jesus. Other witnesses come from a Roman historian named Tacitus. He lived from 56 A.D. to 120 A.D. and his work, Annals, he mentions the persecution of Christians by Nero, and he also mentions the crucifixion of Jesus by Pilate. These well-known historians did not care for the cause of Christ, but still included him in the history of the first century. Undoubtedly, the truth is this. Jesus lived. Jesus died being crucified. And Jesus rose from the dead by the glory of the Father. all of which was in accordance with the Old Testament scriptures. The world won't admit he is risen, but that does not change the evidence that he actually is. There is evidence of the empty tomb. All of the Gospels proclaim this. There are many eyewitnesses who saw and touched and communed with Christ after he was risen. Paul writes that over 500 at once saw him in 1 Corinthians 15. And these things are written for us so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing we may have life in his name. John chapter 20, verse 31. God wants us to believe in his truth. Remember, Jesus came to bear witness of the truth. 1 Timothy chapter 2, and starting in verse 3, says, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all the testimony given at the proper time. There is no greater witness to the truth than Jesus and his sacrifice. The timing of it so perfectly shows us that God has ordained this from the beginning. The Bible is absolutely the truth, also known as the Word of God. And a conservative estimate of Old Testament prophecies fulfilled by Christ is as many as 300 prophecies. And remember, the prophets of old spoke of Jesus hundreds of years before he, was, before he came into the world. 1 Corinthians 15 and in verse 3 says, For I have handed down to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. 
Paul states that Jesus died according to the scriptures. Not some of the scriptures, not most of the prophecies, but the scriptures. Whatever the actual number of prophecies that Christ fulfilled is second to the fact that he is the one that all of scripture is pointing to. He died at the Passover, as the Passover lamb, the lamb of God. His blood atoning for our sins, fulfilling the day of atonement, along with all the other feasts of the Lord. Psalm 22 describes Jesus being crucified. It includes the mocking, being poured out like water, bones out of joint, pierced hands and feet, dividing of his garments. All very specific descriptions of what Jesus went through. He is the Word made flesh that John writes about. The Word that was with and is God. The Word that made everything come into being. Look at John chapter 3. And in verse 31. He who comes from above is above all. The one who is only from the earth is of the earth and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. What he has seen and heard, of this he testifies, and no one accepts his testimony. The one who has accepted his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God sent speaks the words of God. For he does not give the Spirit sparingly. The Father loves the Son, and has entrusted all things to his hand. The one who believes in the Son has eternal life. But the one who does not obey, the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. When we accept the testimony of Jesus, we are not simply acknowledging that Christ exists. To certify or set our seal that God is true is us making the choice to uphold, believe, and live by the truth of God. John chapter 8, and in verse 31. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. To continue in his word is us committing our lives to the teachings of Christ, which are also the teachings of the Father, And knowing the truth is not just knowledge in our heads, but it is a fire in our hearts, burning with a love for God, a love that drives us closer to Him, further away from the sins that we have been freed from. Let each one of us stay in the Word of God. John chapter 15, and in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine, so neither can you, unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch and dries up. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. 
If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Remain in my love. If you, me, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commandments and remain in his love. These things I have spoken to you, so that my joy may, may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. As we remain in Christ and grow, he causes us to bear fruit that are pleasing to the Father, fruit that brings glory to God. Trees that bear fruit do so openly. Likewise, the fruit we bear will be evident in our lives, shown and shared with each other as Christians and also with the world. John chapter 17, starting in verse 13. But now I am coming to you, and, th- and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them away from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I am not asking on behalf of these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Jesus willingly chooses to sanctify himself for our sake. He does so by the offering of his life. As our high priest, he was able to bring his sacrifice to God in the most holy place of heaven, while also being the actual sacrifice. Truly, he is set apart more than any other. He is the only begotten Son of God. And because of him, we can be sanctified by the truth, being led by the Holy Spirit, whom was promised to be sent. John chapter 16 and verse 5. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, grief has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am leaving. For if I do not leave, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And, and he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. Regarding sin because they do not believe. And regarding judgment um, because they do not believe. And regarding righteousness because I am going to the Father. And you no longer are going to see me and regarding judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them at this present time. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose it to you, what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take from mine, and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. 
This is why I said that he takes from mine and will disclose it to you. After he ascended into heaven, the apostles, by the help of the Holy Spirit, were able to establish the church of Christ. They expanded the spiritual borders of God's kingdom by preaching Christ and him crucified, baptizing those who believed, along with the working of miracles by the Holy Spirit that was given them to confirm what they were saying was the truth. All of this has led us to this point in time. The Christian faith, even though it has been divided by many denominations, is the largest in the world and spread throughout the entire earth. It is all because Jesus came into the world being the King of Kings to reign in heaven. But before being seated on his throne, he was to bear witness to the truth here on earth. By the life he lived, the death he died, and his resurrection three days later, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. My family in Christ, I leave you with this encouragement from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let's run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking only at Jesus, the originator and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Thank you.